A very warm welcome to all my listeners who have tuned in to listen to another episode of Insider's Talk with New Entrepreneurial Journey. So let's dive in. India has been known for its education system right from its ancient years and it's nothing new when it comes to education and we don't talk about what India has to offer. But there is a change that is coming up and that change is bringing back the old system and that is what Rajesh has here tried to do by bringing in the Gurukul system into corporate training program. So that's what we are going to talk about today. First, thank you, Rajesh, for coming on Insider's talk and sharing your inputs and your journey with us. It's an absolute pleasure. So every entrepreneur has a journey. And uh, Rajesh, you come over to with over two decades of experience in the education sector. So, uh, you know, it would be great for our listeners to understand through your journey and your learnings before, you know, corporate Gurukul happened, you know, what was your experience? And basically, we'll give an idea to our listeners, you know, how you landed up being the founder of corporate Gurukul. Hey, thanks, Veronica. In fact, um, the concept of corporate Gurukul was born uh, probably when I was a child, uh, somewhere in grade uh, nine, I think, Uh, though I never thought of the name at that point of time. But uh, let me tell you how my growing up days were. And those were largely in a city called Raurkela, which is a steel city in Orissa. And my parents used to uh, work in the government. My father used to work in sale and my mother was a teacher. I think that had a very strong influence in the way I thought. And obviously, as you know, values are not really taught. They are caught. So... And the way my mother used to work and conduct herself and for almost last 15 years of her uh, career in education, she was a principal. I, it was all about watching her and getting inspired in how uh, she really uh, wanted to change the society and in a place like Orissa. And that is where the concept of corporate Gurukul was born. And it was further strengthened when I joined uh, my university and uh, further my MBA and even corporate life. And I figured out that, uh, hey, I mean, uh, it's great to study. It's great to score marks. Uh, in fact, I'm a gold medalist from NIT Raurkela. I did pretty well in my B school as well and in my corporate life. But uh, I always felt there was something missing. And the missing link was, I think, um, you know, the values with which we live life. And that finally sort of reflects in your job, in your career, in your family life, everywhere. And that is where um, Corporate Gurukul was born. And that was my journey before Corporate Gurukul that led actually to founding Corporate Gurukul in 2007. Mm-hmm. Quite interesting there. So, uh, you know, like you said, like Corporate Gurukul was basically something which uh, you had in mind quite early in your life and based on your life experiences, your corporate uh, experiences, you could uh, figure out what actually is needed out there uh, to, you know, uh, give a system which is not just about studies, but something which is valuable enough, which is practical enough to make the students quite ready to what they want to. So if you could share with our listeners, you know, in today's time, why do you think corporates need a Gurukul system which you are providing? How will that help them? Yeah. So if I fundamentally look back at education, the education that uh, I had, I'm not too sure if you had, you are still, I think, younger than me. In the 1980s and 90s, the way education was, and even earlier before that, the way my parents and my grandparents had education was uh, a very bookish Right? It, it was largely derived from the British system. And it was all about uh, acquiring knowledge and then writing down that knowledge on a piece of paper or verbally, uh, you know, sort of explaining that knowledge to get good marks. It was not really about applying that knowledge in society for a change in society. And that is where uh, the concept of Gurukul system came in because um, I read up about the Gurukul system uh, along with my grandparents and uh, also my family has been a strong advocate of the Gurukul system. So when we heard about the Gurukul system, I was pretty excited. You know, the first excitement that came to my mind was, wow, 
I would uh, step out of home because I really didn't want to be in the confines of home once I grew up till about grade eight. I really wanted to step out. And I felt it would have been great to have gone and stayed with a guru in a jungle. Obviously, these were all stories. I mean, now there are no jungles and there are no gurus in jungles for sure. But that concept itself was very fascinating. I said, you know, I have grown up um, beyond my parents, uh, whatever, growing up uh, or helping me grow up age. I need to step out and do something on my own. But I never had the liberty. Uh, so if you ask me, you know, um, uh, what really, uh, you know, from a corporate perspective, what came in the Gurugul system was I was, we were not having the right education. While people thought literacy and qualification was education, we were not having the right education to live life. And what's the difference between somebody being literate and qualified and being educated? It's the value systems, you know, is the way you live life based on your values. And as I already said, values are really uh, caught. They are not taught. You cannot teach anybody mm -hmm. values. Mm -hmm. Hence, living a Gurukul system, and uh, the stories that I heard about Gurukul system that how do you inculcate values by doing and not just by knowing uh, really sort of appealed to me. And I joined the National Credit Corps and actually there nobody really kept, cared about what I know. They always cared about how I performed. Mm -hmm. It was always about unity. It was about discipline. It was never about marks. It was about diversity. It was about appreciating culture. It was never about marks. And that's mm -hmm. sort of my, I did about um, 12 NCC camps in two years. I was the fourth best NCC cadet of India, marched down Rajpath, New Delhi, uh, during the Republic Day celebrations. So um, NCC in a way brought in a lot of uh, change in my thinking and in my value system, in the way I operate, in the way I think, and the way I could make social impact. And when I looked upon NCC in grade eight and grade nine and looked at the Gurukul system, I saw a lot of synergy in how you can really people, uh, you, you know, you can really prepare students mm -hmm. for, um, for a real world. And uh, the, as Swami Vivekanand had mentioned, the purpose of education is nation building. So how can you really build a nation by education, which is through the right value systems and creating something which can have social impact? Mm -hmm. So there's, there's one more thing that I really wanted to ask you, you know, because you are you are in the education sector and right, the students are, are coming into corporate Gurukul to get, you know, trained for the real world, right? So that Absolutely. they can apply their knowledge better. They can, they can gain basically what they want to. Um, in a very systematic and valued way by not compromising their value system, which they want to adapt. But there's uh, one question that I really wanted to ask you was uh, that, you know, do you think in India, the professional education or universities need to change the way they are educating or making uh, the students ready in their respective fields? Uh, because I mean, I come from an engineer background. So after I did my engineering, I had to go through an induction program in the company that I got, uh, you know, uh, recruited in as the as my first company. Now there, um, I had to go through again those things. The learnings had to again be rigorous. And already I finished my education, and I was I was under the impression that I've finished my degree. Um, I'm an engineer now. Now I'm going to get into a company and I'm going to start working. But that took time. So do you think that gap is still there between a college graduate and when you become an employee? And that's why the companies need a rigorous training program for freshers or you see that gap slowly, you know, narrowing? Um, in our times, I think when I was an engineer and I, what I hear is when you were an engineer, you still had to go through a rigorous induction program. Yeah. I think largely it was uh, because uh, we developed subject matter expertise, but we really didn't know the basics of how to conduct ourselves mm. in the corporate world, uh, how to talk to bosses, how to write an email, uh, you know, how to wear the right kind of dress or grooming, mm. how to conduct meetings. So some of these basics, which probably should have been covered in school, 
um, uh, was not covered for whatever reasons, because the focus was really on subject matter knowledge. Mm-hmm. We were always assessed on subject matter knowledge. No, nobody really taught us, even I don't think they teach today, you know, how do you manage uh, your father, your brother, your sister? Uh, how do you manage your fiance? How do you have babies? How do you help babies grow? This should be all education. Mm, correct. Because education is about living life. I mean, you look at Bhagavad Gita, Quran, you know, you look at any Bible, you take any holy text, mm. it sort of prepares you for life. And that was the education of the past. Right? But their education is largely for preparing for a job. But let's remember that job is a subset of life. Mm-hmm. And in the job also, you have to deal with human beings. And hence, in the induction program, they sort of tell you, hey, how should you eat? How should you talk? How should you write emails? How should you dress? How should you treat your female colleagues? Uh, how should you treat your boss? Um, how should you keep your desk clean? Mm-hmm. I think these yeah. were some fundamentals that were taken up because we were never taught. So that still exists because the curriculum in schools or universities is uh, still very subject matter focused rather than life focused. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how is like, uh, you know, I really want to know more about corporate Gurukul. So like, you know, what are you offering to students uh, through corporate uh, Gurukul and how it can change their lives uh, in a way, like you said, right, you are, uh, you are teaching beyond the classroom training. It's not a okay. traditional uh, training that you're offering. So if you can share more, um, then probably our listeners would, you know, have a better idea of what co- corporate Gurukul has to op- offer. Wonderful. Yeah. Thanks for giving me that opportunity to explain about us. So uh, let me tell you how we went about this process. We said, what are the stages of learning? Right. There are four stages, which we have, I mean, which we call our corporate Gurukul learning model. These four stages are knowing, practicing, performing, and reflecting, right? And when we go through all these four stages, we see that knowing, of course, is very conscious in the current education system or any courses that you have, but practicing, performing, and reflecting is sort of missed out. And what we have done is we have just said that not only we will follow these four stages, but we will apply it to real world. When we hit real world, the first challenge which corporate Gurukul addresses, which no curriculum addresses, is the fundamental uh, fundamentals or the first principles, as Elon Musk says, of identifying what's the problem. Mm-hmm. It's like setting your own question paper in the exam mm-hmm. and answering it. And based on the difficulty of the question paper that you set, you will get graded. Mm-hmm. So in like, I'm an entrepreneur, so I have to set my own goals. I have to find the world, my own problems or the world's problems that I want to solve. Nobody is going to tell me, hey, this is the problem. Can you solve it? Mm -hmm. Should myself be passionate and I should be able to solve it. So one, it leads to this larger question of finding your purpose, which corporate guru could definitely uh, contributes in a big way. So purpose and passion are two things that we start with. So every student who comes to the program, we don't tell them, hey, this is your project. This is your coursework you have to finish. We say, hey, what do you want to do? What projects do you want to take up? What real world problems do you want to solve? Mm-hmm. And based on the uh, sustainable development goals of the United Nations, they choose an area and a problem that mm-hmm. they are passionate about solving and it should align with their larger purpose in life. Right. Sometimes they may know, sometimes they may not know, but they are definitely passionate about it. I mean, purpose is not something that just happens. It Mm -hmm. um, is an experimentation process. You have to try a lot of things before you figure out, okay, what's something that really appeals to me. So they go through that process of experimentation. They fail. Mm. They fail resilience. But if they keep going, that means they are passionate about it. And that is the starting point of any of our programs. Identify your purpose, passion, and hence your project. Then define your own problem. We are not going to give you a problem statement. We are not going to give you a project. You have to define your own project based on your purpose, passion. Post which then they go through the ideation and actually creating prototypes, testing the prototypes for the problem that they have identified, whether that their prototypes solve it. And then 
most students actually try and go for commercialization. And they use various techniques for doing that. One is use AI as a tool, right? They also use design thinking as a methodology for solving these real world problems. So currently uh, we are working on these two tools, which we also think align very well with the Guru system of learning. Mm -hmm. So that's quite interesting. Actually, corporate Gurukul is like a guiding light for all the students that come in and because you're just helping them to understand what exactly their passion is and what and identify their purpose and their passion and make them, you know, not make them actually guide them to walk on the path. Yeah, and we guide them with the experts. So, you know, right. all parents look at a low-hanging food and the low-hanging food is you work with the world's best universities and corporates. So we have a National University of Singapore, a Nanyang Technological University, which is Asia's number one and number two. We also have Hewlett Packard and Amazon. Mm -hmm. So industry experts from there, they guide. So it's not just anybody who is guiding these students, it's the right. world. So that shadowing with these professors, either on mm -hmm. research or on their passion or purpose, really helps because these guys have been there, done it. So it's more like a research uh, center then, I would say. Yeah, where... it's, so we offer internships and research, but mm -hmm. largely guided by your own purpose and passion. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we don't give you anything. We True. ask you, hey, what is that real world problem that you want to solve what, that aligns with your purpose and passion? You I have think, to identify. I think this, is, this process is what's sets guru, uh, corporate gurukul apart from any other uh, uh, probably training or you know anything else you want to call it an edtech startup or whatever but i think the your process of getting the students to identify what exactly they want to do on their own and by just guiding them uh, through different experts like you said right you have in their respective field is what sets corporate gurukul apart from your competitors uh, I would like to believe so because most of our alumni have said, hey, I I, I think I could have gained this knowledge mm. online or with my teacher, but this process of understanding uh, who am I and what's my right. passion and hence what should I really solve? Right. What can I really persevere? Because students work on these projects for six months, one year, two years. Mm -hmm. So what should I really persist and solve is something... Uh, I really found out through this process. True, because that is the struggling point, I think, where yeah. many students like, you know, who are pass outs really are, many of them, I would say, there are very few who really know what they want to do. Probably you are one of them because you knew quite early, like, you know, corporate gurukul is something that you really want to do. But many people are, you know, they, they pass out with a lot of confusion because they're not yet sure of what exactly they want from the life. Uh, no, I was also not very fortunate in finding out my purpose. By the way, I'm a mining engineer. Though I'm a gold medalist in my entire uh, college, mm -hmm. REC, now NIT, Raurkela. I was a gold medalist there and also a best all-rounder. Mm -hmm. But mining was not something that I liked. I did it because those days you have to become an engineer and I didn't get anything else. Right? <laughs> so... And then I went into MBA and I really mm. didn't know why I was doing an MBA. Everybody was doing an MBA and SPJ in Bombay seemed to be a great option because I mm. didn't get the IIMs and uh, SPJ and XLRA. And I was not really into HR. So I joined mm -hmm. SPJ, mm -hmm. SPJ and XLRA. So uh, it was, my life was by chance. But in the process, I did discover that, hey, I mean, I have lived it by chance. And mm -hmm. Uh, for your information, in the first, uh, I worked till 2007. Mm -hmm. so I graduated in 2000 from SPJ in Bombay and for seven years I worked. And I changed eight jobs in those seven years. Mm -hmm. Because uh, I was trying things, but it was really not working for me. And they were pretty good jobs, HCL, Tata's, Wipro. Um, I was actually heading a role in Wipro in Asia. Mm -hmm. uh, so, But I really didn't like the grade or the pay. Uh, there was something within which said, hey, this is not I, what I really want to do mm, for the next 30 mm, years. Mm, mm. And it was stressful. Uh, mm. Now, if I work seven days, I won't say 24 cross seven, but 12 hours a day, seven days a week, I never get stressed. Because you love what you're doing right now. Yeah. So, but those days, even eight, nine hours of work, I used to get stressed. 
so that was tough and then obviously as i told you you know i didn't know how to manage um my wife my family my parents i was mm. never taught as part of the education system and that is that some that's how and when i read the gita and also read the bible mm. um and touched upon the quran i figured out that hey all those learnings uh which uh, you know are supposed to be there for life are actually there in these books which were part of the education system Hmm. and that led to corporate gurukul because the gurukul system sort of essentially captures all of this and how to live right life. right so in the past uh, a self uh, understanding and self awareness was very early in schools um which is not there currently because currently we are preparing students for careers and jobs mhm and subject matter expertise so that is true and uh, and i think you are not like you know it's it's not something where you are telling you know a student to you know you you enroll my program and you know and you will be getting this that blah blah you know lot of incentives and not a lot of shiny things which come with any kind of a training program here basically a student would understand what exactly is needed and would probably will be happy in uh, going through the process because he or she would know later what they want from their life quite early yeah absolutely absolutely parents do understand especially for school mm. students i think parents do understand when we tell parents uh, about purpose and passion and why they should be doing what they're doing uh, they most parents have been beaten up in life so yeah they, exactly yeah so they do understand this very well uh, for university students i think the low hanging fruit is you know uh, going deeper and working with the world's best mm. in their area of knowledge which they love that mm. is why they sign up because data science ai is happening and we work with the world's best so engineering students join the programs because um, they want to work with the experts but when they graduate after whatever number of months 6 months 7 mm. months mm. from these mm. programs to research projects or internships they get wow sir forget about the subject matter knowledge i just found myself and what i want to really do right so that gives a big hype uh, to not just me to all our all my colleagues to the entire team and that's the impact or the dent on the planet that we want to make really. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i think that is what your vision was or is right with corporate gurukul it's not just about making them industry ready it is basically to you know so that they can identify themselves and yeah. you know have a vision of where they want to go with the passion that they have yeah so at corporate gurukul our vision is uh, or our belief first is every child is good and unique mm. and our vision is to make every child go from good to great so if you see any of our communication you will find good to great mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. we want everybody to chase excellence and greatness mm-hmm. in their own areas of passion and interest mm-hmm. um, and obviously if you chase it first is excellence and if you excel you will come close to greatness this what we believe lovely lovely like you know uh, uh, we were talking about technology and you know corporate gurukul is working on emerging technologies right so upskilling is uh, one of the major things now uh, when it comes uh, to any kind of uh, tech based programs because it's changing and it is changing at a rapid pace or it's not changing like metaverse was something which was existing but didn't have much of uh, limelight on it it only happened once covid came into the picture because the virtual space was needed right and suddenly metaverse is something which is most sought after now where uh, people would really want to get onto so how do you think that you know how are you managing to ensure that you are providing the latest technology the la- latest expertise to your uh, students uh so we work as i said with uh, some of the world's best uh and they are at the cutting edge of technology and research uh you name it i think they would be there so our partners which is national university of singapore and nanyang technological university they themselves are number 1 and 2 in research in asia and even number 4 and 5 across the world so access to knowledge and cutting edge technology is not a challenge uh the challenge is how many students are ready uh to 
sort of keep pace or even with the intent to acquire that knowledge right so uh, our um, let's say business model let me if i put it that way is to understand the student's interest passion to move to the next level the level of greatness or goodness whatever you call it and hence work with the world's best now how do we enable it we enable it on campus that means students can travel on campus and work with the professors for one month two months six months the other op option is you can work online as well based on uh, how your uh, sort of time permits right so that is how we are sort of enabling this and we are enabling this in ai data science uh, design thinking entrepreneurship leadership uh, a lot of these areas where students are interested mhm mm when you started corporate gurukul having experts on board was one of the uh, core uh, business requirement right for you so that you could provide the right expertise to the students who would be enrolling with you so was there any kind of a challenge that you faced uh, while probably uh, convincing them or was it very easy for you based on you know different kind of relationships that you would have probably developed over uh, two decades of your experience it was very 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 tough right uh, obviously it was a lot of uh, hard work experimentation you know trying to prove through pilots because nus and ntu are sort of semi government institutes uh, and they are the only they are the world's best and they are in singapore so obviously there was a cultural aspect to it there was obviously thoughts about india and like, you know they don't have at that point when we started uh, sort of collaborating with them in 2010 they didn't have any relationship including the iits or the iims in india so india was uh, not a target market because they thought mm -hmm. uh, india is not really ready for research they are still india is for low end talent uh, mm -hmm. more to you know get uh, manual jobs or tech jobs done rather than doing research at the higher end mm -hmm. or uh, people being driven for excellence so uh, when we looked at india as a market uh, which we started with first though we were headquartered in singapore that was the challenge i faced with both nus and ntu right mm -hmm. uh, but over a period of time things changed and uh, we, we did figure out that uh, by 2012 or 2013 we did prove ourselves and we were sort of able to select some of the best talent from iits from bitspilani from um, srm university vit bellore nits and later from triple its mm -hmm. in india uh, for the kind of research and innovation that is required Uh, so to answer your question in short it was not easy to get them uh, get the best of uh, faculty on board but um, you know everything is a journey and uh, let me tell you that um, you know contacts really don't uh, matter so much in singapore mm -hmm. or uh, definitely uh, when there is a cultural uh, you know there is a difference in culture right and uh, for your information also when i first landed in singapore in 2001 uh, you know when i used to tell people that i am from nit raurkela and i am a gold medalist mm. they would say where is raurkela <laughs> and i would say it is on odisha so they say where is odisha they would say eastern india so they say name a city in eastern india they didn't know any city including kolkata in eastern india mm -hmm. so india they used to know uh, bombay delhi, delhi. and Mm-hmm. Bangalore because it had just come up with, as an IT hub those right, days. Right. Right. But besides that, they didn't know any city in India. So for them, India was these three cities, and then NIT or REC they had not heard of. So mm. it didn't really matter to them. I mean, they thought you're some from some Tom Dick Harry Institute um, uh -huh. in India. You're a gold medalist. It's like if I tell you uh, Tianjin University in China. Right. You know, uh, you would say, "What is Tianjin University?" At least nobody knew. What ten years back, nobody knew where is Tianjin University. True, true. And Tianjin is the first and the oldest university in China, and among the top twenty, right? So uh, it was a lot of cultural, um, you know, context that was there, and hence convincing them about uh, because every entrepreneur first sells himself. Correct. Right, so convincing that hey you are good and hence they should partner with you was really tough. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So you have to really prove yourself as a business and get the right kind of students who are interested for research, uh, which the faculty thought would be great to work with because faculty mm-hmm. also wants to spend time only with the best. Right. And those who are prepared, you know, as they say, the shishya should be prepared for the guru. Correct. Otherwise, the guru won't accept. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is that is definitely true. And and you are based on a gurukul system, right? So this I'm pretty sure would be like one of the uh, core things that you would be following. So, uh, you know, with that one thing that really just crossed my mind, which probably I wouldn't have uh, asked you, but like you shared, you know, like, you know, the guru has to choose the shishya. So is there any uh, kind of uh, evaluation program or any kind of evaluation that you do uh, for students who enroll? Yeah, for all our programs, there is a written test. Mm-hmm. And there is a student interview and then there is a parent interaction. Okay. Yeah. So it's purely based on selection. Because our partners who we work with, mm. whether industry partners or university partners, they want to work with the best mm-hmm. from, so, from Asia, from Asia, because they're already the best. And so HP and Amazon are the best in the world. Not right, the- right. So who all are there in the interview panel? Is it the faculty also? It's like a mix between uh, um, corporate, like, you know, probably uh, you or some other uh, person. So the way it happens is first there is a written test mm-hmm. which is by a third party uh, and the question and the kind of questions are defined by the faculty from mm-hmm. both the industry and the university partners. Mm-hmm. And the second part is, of course, an, um, either an internal or alumni interview. Mm-hmm. Alumni understand best what kind of, uh, you know, uh, successors they should have. Right. Because they have been there, gone through it. So we typically have alumni interviews purely on technicals. Then the third round would be with somebody from our internal team. And then the final, uh, you know, results are sent to both NUS uh, or NTU or HP mm-hmm. for their uh, nod and go ahead. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Earlier, of course, they there used to be around with the professors, but now there is no. They trust our judgment now. Over the last ten years, I think we have done a good job, so they know mm-hmm. we can get the best for them. So that is that is actually one of the achievements I should say. Corporate Gurukul has done, like you know, the faculty has the trust in Corporate Gurukul that you are going to select the best, and probably the students who have the inclination and the passion to understand the process and achieve something. Correct. Yeah. Fabulous. So, uh, you know, uh, now uh, a little bit into the Indian education system, there is a change coming up, right? You have the NEP reform coming into Indian education system. So how do you think that is going to impact uh, India and the tech sector? And what kind of opportunities is that going to bring in for uh, corporate Gurukul? Uh, NEP is very, very welcome. In fact, I have written quite a few articles on NEP for Economic Times, India Today and all. So I, any listeners, they can just Google me up and read about those articles. Uh, now, I strongly feel NEP is a big step towards the Gurukul system and interdisciplinary education, right? Uh, life is not one-dimensional. Problems in life are not one-dimensional. And if education system has to really prepare individuals for future, they should prepare multidimensional individuals who at least understand problems from an interdisciplinary perspective, right? So what do I mean by interdisciplinary? Let us say the human body, it is not just biology, it is chemistry, physics, maths, uh, it has got technology, a lot of things within the human body, right? So mm-hmm. just, just learning biology, you won't understand a human being. Right. right? So um, looking at any problem, if you let's say look at a road or a bridge, a bridge would have civil engineering, it would have mechanical engineering, it would have physics, it would have chemistry, a lot of, it would have design, mm-hmm. it would have finance. Uh, so uh, essentially, you need to look at everything in life very holistically, and that is facilitated by interdisciplinary education. And that is really the focus of NEP. Mm-hmm. So NEP is looking at one, promoting research, they're looking at establishing research-focused universities in India, which is absolutely great because in the past, India has been the center for research globally. Right. Right. We just have lost that over the last, let's say, 600, 700 years. True. 
we were the research center of the world so we need to revive that indian education was always interdisciplinary whether you look mm. at google system or any other system for that matter it was never just about knowing just one thing it True. was always interdisciplinary if you look at ayurveda if you look at yoga mm. if you look at gurukul all of these are interdisciplinary correct right it just so you know uh, in the western education system if there is a problem with your finger they will only treat the finger in the right. ayurveda system if there is a problem with the finger they will treat your entire body in mm. the homeopathy system if there is a problem with the finger they will treat your entire body mm. right so our focus has always been holistic education and looking at things holistically because uh, every problem is very much interconnected with something else so nep is really lays a very strong foundation from a interdisciplinary and holistic approach number 2 it gives very powerful tools which is design thinking and ai um and it strongly recommends that schools start implementing it number 3 it also looks at internships for school children to help them interact with real world and solve real world problems from grade 6 which is really amazing you know i did my internship when i was in second year of engineering right before that it was not even an option for right, us right right <laughs> so these are top 3 and the fourth thing which i have already mentioned which is definitely a step forward is really evolving india's yet again as the research destination research. The world mm. yeah that is true because i think nep is going to even will will bring in a lot of refreshing change for the students as well because they want to have that kind of an environment where where they would be thinking on what to do next and and that's why i think a lot of other programs are coming up because there is a lot of interest even in parents to give them an environment where it is not just about just reading and you know uh, putting it on the paper it is about implementing it out as well to understand how well you know absolutely absolutely in fact uh, for all our programs our assessment is formative in nature mhm means we look at the process rather than the results mhm so there are two kinds of assessment as you know formative and summative summative right. is results right process so all our four partners and us we mm-hmm. assess the candidates based on pure formative assessment not summative mhm right mm-hmm. and the good part of nep coming back to nep the good part of nep is now students as you rightly said now can experiment with life like oh. you can drop out from engineering after first year you can drop out after second year and go back you can drop out for one year after third year and go back hmm. you can go back apply your learning and come back and there are exit points after each year which is right. really i mean tactically it pans out very well for youngsters uh, so I would really like to go back forty uh, years uh, and see how NEP could have really impacted my life. I would have really, you know, freaked out and experimented uh, had I been uh, through this phase of education. I would love to go back here. It it would make our education, I think, much more. Uh, I don't know. And now I feel jealous also when I see my <laughs> children and the kind of learning and the kind of environment that they have compared to what I had. So yeah, and I keep telling her, you know, had I been you, I would have been right on the, you know, I don't know, in the heaven right now <laughs> to have such kind of a learning because for us it was like okay, uh, read this paragraph, <laughs> read the chapter, and and all those uh, rubbish things. But for you, it is more about how you're going to implement that knowledge, and they have a lot of, uh, you know, practicality. I think now that has come in into the right. Indian education system also, which is helping the students to understand actually what they are reading and learning. because they can relate to it and you know in practicality okay if you do this this will happen kind of a thing so that's quite amazing so uh, nep yes it is a refreshing change it is going to make uh, lives of indian students especially very adventurous i should say because they will they will see a new way of learning right which is practical and they would be able to understand and grasp the concept in a much easier way because there will be a visual to it so are there any other pain points do you think which might not be in, addressed by nep and you know uh, probably mostly in india and which should be addressed 
uh, through some or the other way? Um, yeah, I think something that always sort of, you know, somewhere in the heart, because I strongly believe in the Guru system, hmm. uh, somewhere in the heart out there, uh, you know, I feel that that relationship between the Guru and the Shishya hmm. is still not there. And hence the education is incomplete. You know, the Guru, hmm. the teacher-student relationship or the Guru-Shishya relationship is very important for the child to grow. Um, so if that is missing, it becomes uh, tough. So currently, we don't really have gurus. We have teachers. Right. Come for a period, give the subject matter expertise and go. Right. But we don't really establish a relationship with students. And um, they really don't transform lives of students. Right. They just want to deliver their lecture and go, which is uh, something that uh, is definitely a pain point. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not too sure how to change that, but because the world is like that, and I think everybody is becoming very materialistic. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I mean, um, you know, I, personally, I make sure that with all our alumni and everybody who we have, we mm-hmm. sort of operate in a guru social relationship, though it is not you know, touching feet and serving the guru, but uh, it's definitely a very intimate bond that we share. Hmm. Not just because I don't know anything about data science, neither about coding. Right. Right. It's all about how can we sort of help them in their lives and Hmm. how they live their lives. So a lot of these real life experiences we share during our programs with our students, which students really love. It Hmm. could be as, uh, you know, wild as going out and partying. It could be over a trek. It could be over a drink or mm. it could be in the classroom or in the hostels. Um, but we make sure that we develop that relationship. Mm-hmm. So that, uh, students go beyond the curriculum because curriculum anyway, they'll go to NUS, NTUHP. Right. Uh, but how do we really uh, impact? Mm. Uh, because remember earlier, we never used to have subject matter experts. I mean, Correct. we used to have experts in, uh, let's say, in Mahabharata, if you read, mm. Where Arjuna who was a very good archer. Somebody was like Bhim was very good with the Gada, among the best. Mm. But they had only one guru, uh, and that was Dronacharya. Mm. And Dronacharya was neither the best archer nor the best Gada. Or he was not the best in anything, right? So, but right. he produced students based on identifying their potential, their passion, and uh, sort of groom them mm. because of that relationship and the trust and belief and faith that they developed in the guru. And that's how the inner potential comes out. Mm-hmm. Um, but today uh, we have physics teacher, maths teacher, English teacher, <laughs> but we don't have a guru. Right. Right. So that is the pain point. I think, I think that that would change with, with, you know, with your uh, corporate gurukul coming up and, and you see so many ed tech uh, companies in India, right. Especially startups where, where they're trying to make a change in whatever area they feel is, I'm sure, yeah. is a gap. So I think it will take time, but I, we will be there. I'm like, very confident. We, we'll be yeah. Because I, I, to be fair, I never thought something like NAP would happen. <laughs> In India, and yeah, boom, I mean, yeah. uh, this thing came. So I'm pretty sure this would be the next level of uh, improvement in our education system in India as well. Yeah. Now the current government, I think, is thinking, though NEP, I mean, they haven't had that kind of focus on education and have cut down on the education budget. Hmm. But I think from a direction perspective and the purpose of education perspective, I think they're making the right strides. Right. If I were to rate them uh, on that parameter. (laughs) (laughs) So so we've spoken about education. We have spoken about corporate Gurukul in depth. So now I really want to get back to Rajesh. (laughs) Okay. So and 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 get back to you rather than corporate Gurukul. Because yes, corporate Gurukul is your identity, but Rajesh is also a person, right? Who has different interests and you know, different. Uh, personality so let's let's uh, talk about that so uh, you know I really would like to understand the fun Rajesh you know what what do you do uh, when you want to you you have free time and you want to do something fun and all so how do you spend that time oh okay Uh, so you know 
now I'm almost approaching 50. But the fun times were when we were with friends growing up and that is where we used to have most of the fun. But even today... Yeah, uh, fun has nothing to do with the age. You can have fun at 90 also. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but the kind of fun changes, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. that's for sure. <laughs> so probably you're missing that kind of fun. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I miss the fun of childhood. But yeah, even today, I my first passion is dancing. Mm-hmm. So I definitely hit the dance floor every Saturday. Um, I have been missing that over the last two years because of lockdown. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I think in India, when I travel, I definitely, uh, definitely, I'm hoping some dance floors I'll hit in Bangalore, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, wherever it is. Right. So that's one way I definitely love to chill. And a lot of my um, students, they come mm-hmm. and meet me on the dance floor as well. So that's nice. Uh, I love to run. I mm-hmm. run marathons. Um, uh, I was the, uh, in fact, uh, as a junior, uh, you know, athlete, I was 800 meter champion in India. Wow. So I I don't do short runs these days, but mm-hmm. I do marathons. So mm-hmm. I and uh, yeah, I do my yoga because I believe in holistic wellness, mm-hmm. mind, body, soul, all the three. So currently, yeah, I think dance, yoga, and run. I think. So probably these are your stress busters also. Yeah, yeah, they have always been my stress busters. Dance is right from the young age. Mm-hmm. Uh, yoga picked up about ten years back, mm-hmm. and again, running has been right from school. You know, I was, I mean, throughout my career, I have been a champion in running, especially. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's lovely. And, uh, you know, uh, having so much of experience and all and being an entrepreneur, I'm pretty sure there would be one thing that you really love about being an entrepreneur, because there are different aspects to it, right? Entrepreneurship is not just one bubble. There are a lot of things involved. So, you know, what is the favorite aspect for you for being an entrepreneur? Uh, See, uh, as I told you, I changed almost uh, eight jobs in seven years. Right. So I became an entrepreneur by accident because I didn't like anything man in the corporate world. So I didn't have anything to do. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay, uh, I want to do this. So let me try it. Mm-hmm. But this is my longest stint. This is 14 years, right? I mean, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Sri Ram came out of exile in 14 years. <laughs> so, I was about to say that. <laughs> <laughs> right. So from as an entrepreneur, I, I would say, uh, you know, the best part is the satisfaction of what you do, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, to my advice to any budding entrepreneur from my life experience is uh, don't get into entrepreneurship because it is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't sustain. It's, I mean, I've seen many people in fact, there is hardly any company started along with corporate gurukul in 2007 that exists today mm-hmm. right so people have moved on and done other things which is fine but it was not their passion neither it was right. their purpose right so for um, and obviously you can't find your purpose and passion just by thinking oh so for budding entrepreneurs i think i would say look try and experiment and figure out what's your purpose and passion mm-hmm. and once you have found it i think uh, Nobody needs to tell you anything. You know, you just mm-hmm. continue with it, with funding, without funding, with family challenges, without family challenges, whatever happens. I think the greatest distractors would be the people who love you the most because they want you to be safe. So they would always tell you, hey, please don't get into entrepreneurship. You have mm-hmm. good education. Go take up a job. See, everybody in the world is doing a job. Yeah. Different things like that. You have a family to take care, you have mm-hmm. children to take care, their education, their life. Uh, but yeah, I think once you find your purpose and passion, you sort of just become blind to it. So what I would say is try and find your purpose and passion. After that, everything is so easy. I mean, rest of the physical pains and emotional pains won't really make a difference. Mm-hmm. And life takes its course. It's like uh, living the life of Sri Ram in a jungle. He knew mm-hmm. what's his purpose and his values and what he needs to do and what he's committed to. After that, everything looked simple. 
I mean, with so many troubles in life, I think it was pretty simple for him. So if we live our values, and you know, I would consider him a complete failure. He was not even a king. Yeah. (laughs) In life, if you ask his wife, definitely she would say, boss, 14 years in jungle as a queen, (laughs) I'm definitely a failure. So, or my husband is a failure, but we worship him because of what he did uh, based on what he believed in. His values, basically, the value system was very strong. Right. So whatever we believe in, if we live it up, I think, uh, let's not look at respect from the world or anything else, but if Mm -hmm. we live it up, it is our own satisfaction Mm -hmm. that we have led a good life. And that is what education is all about, that living a good life of of contribution to society and making better human beings in society or whatever you're passionate about. Mm -hmm. Good to great. Yes, definitely. On that note, Rajesh, I would again really like to thank you for coming on Insider's Talk. And it was absolutely insightful and lovely to talk about Corporate Gurukul because it is it is amazing to see that you have put in so much of effort to basically lay down a process rather than, you know, programs uh, for the students to understand what their purpose and passion is for their life. And I'm pretty sure you have helped many and many more uh, to come in the future. So thank you, Rajesh, for that. Thanks so much, Veronica. I really enjoyed uh, this conversation. And I'm sure uh, the listeners, uh, this is my first, first podcast, by the way. So I'm sure uh, it went well and uh, listeners would really benefit from some of these insights. Thank you for having me. So that's all from me today. I hope you enjoyed the interview and had some valuable lessons to take in with you and the stories inspired you and you found it interesting. I would be coming with more new stories in the coming week. Every week, every Monday, you will get to hear from me from a new entrepreneur, their stories about their brands, about their insights on employment and few tips and tricks to get into entrepreneurship. Stay tuned. Stay safe and enjoy your life.